You are listening to ACPN. This is Sean. And Chris. From the Childhood Remastered Podcast, where we look back on the cartoons, TV shows, and movies of our youth to see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. You can check us out at childhoodremastered.com to listen to all of our old episodes, request a show for us to cover, or to just say hello. America, welcome to another edition of Adventure Club Podcast, your number one stop for popular culture, geek, um, entertainment, comedy, and more. Uh, of course, I say number one because I'm num- we're number one. For at least one person. Sure. That, that is true. Mm? Our significant others. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. Um, I am John Galbo. I'm Matt Nazlanik. Jason, what's his face? Jason. Hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. Hi, John. Hi. How how are we doing this week? What's your week been like? Well, I'm dying. Oh, well, we knew that from last week, but you do sound a lot better than last week. I I appreciate that. I I I think we've don't feel better. We've weeded out the the men's warehouse man. I didn't like the way I looked. (laughs) I could guarantee that. Yes. No, it, it, I have been going on and off through the sickness from last week, and uh, I got a call today from the doctor like, oh, yeah, the test came back. Uh, we didn't tell you you do have strep. So it's like, oh, good. So I'm now pumping the amoxa, whatever that stuff is. Amoxicillin. Yeah. I'm, friend, I'm friends with that. Well, I am now, too. So I'm expecting my insides to be upset for the next three days because that stuff kills everything. Nice. That's me. How about you guys? I've had a debilitating neck stiffy for like five, six days now. You have a stiffy. It sucks. What did you like do? Uh, like can't turn to the side type thing? No, it's a. I've had it before, which is really like concerning because it just comes out of nowhere, and I feel like it's from work and shit. But it's like I can't look up and to the left type of thing, or up and to the right. Or down to the right. It just like it's excruciating. But it also like will just come out of nowhere. So when I'm trying to sleep, like there is no good position and it's like ugh, Wait, it's so, miserable. So it comes out of nowhere, you're you got RKO'd by Randy Orton. Yep. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Damn it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, bad. I actually have, have been dealing I was dealing with something similar where my uh, kind of like the upper right shoulder and right side of the neck would just get stiff or sore. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I've been like, I've got, I've been trying different pillows basically. And I found <laughs> the one I'm using now, that pain's gone away. Ooh. I wonder, you know, try a feather pillow or try uh, my pillow, you know, get the, my, not my pillow, but my pillow is the bomb. I have to tell you, even though it's, it's so, being, uh, hawked by a convicted, uh, convict, whatever you want to call him. 
Well, I got mm-hmm. two of them two months ago, and that's when these pains kind of started in my neck, which I just only put that together in the, la- uh, in the last week. Wait, you're saying, so now I've moved you're saying it's because of my pillow? I stopped using it last week, and this pain has gone away. Oh, and Uh-oh. I don't know if it's just, you know, because I bought two different firm sizes Firmnesses. or whatever. But yeah, firmness says. Maybe. So yeah, I... The my pillow just isn't good for me. I Maybe think you need the my pillow XL or whatever the new one is this year. <laughs> my pillow for bigger people. You need you need his pillow <laughs> or their pillow. Her boobs. My pillows. Her boob. Yes. Get one of those anime girl pillows. Oh God, a waifu pillow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jen would leave me. Damn it. <laughs> but you'd still have the pillow. I would still have the pillow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Oh, so yeah, check check your pillow, you know, which sounds like weird advice to give a man, but change your pillow, see if that works. Yeah, I definitely considering it. But it, it sucks because it does it, again, it comes out of nowhere, so I don't it's not like I can think back like, "Oh yeah, that's that day that I blah." I'm like, no. I'm just all, all of a sudden dying. <laughs> but yeah, anything positive going on? How about that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, are you my not neck, dying, John? My pillow broke my neck. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty nominal, I would say, for for a change. I'm I'm doing good. I feel decent. Uh, I'm looking at Lucky. trying to look up my pillow to see what the name of that other pillow is, but apparently they're not telling me. <laughs> Wait, the one that comes with the mustache. My pillow has a mattress. <gasps> yeah, they're expanding. We're expanding. <laughs> Your mattress. Your mattress. Oh. My mattress. We're going to lie with you. Oh, God. No. That's a, a, a tagline that I'm surprised they don't use. My mattress. Make my pillow your pillow. <laughs> probably because, <laughs> the, considering he's a he's an ex-con, probably sounds a bit creepy. But for what? I mean, come on. Yeah, wait, wait where, where do you keep... He's, he's an ex-con? Yes. Four. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, because that that matters. Are we talking kid touching or money laundering? Wikipedia. Yeah, I don't think it. I think it was more the money laundering thing. I don't think. It was... is, is he oh. is he running for political uh, post in Alabama? Uh, oh, <sighs> oh. Uh, hey, I went there. Watch what you say, Matt. Uh, their attorney is Jewish. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> a Jew. Yeah, yeah. Get the phrasing right. We, we can't hate Jews. Our, our lawyer is a Jew. It's like, oh. Jesus, people. That's the most tone-deaf thing I've ever heard. All right, here's, here's the biography of Mike Lindell. Prior to inventing my pillow, Lindell launched and operated a number of small businesses, including raising pigs, carpet cleaning, lunch wagons, and a few bars and restaurants in Carver County, Minnesota. Lindell, okay. Lindell fought many addictions, including cocaine, crack cocaine, and alcohol oh. addi- addictions. With his cocaine addiction oh. starting in 1982 and his crack cocaine addiction starting in 1990s. His addictions even stretched through the early years of the MyPillow business. Due to these I'm sorry, due to these addictions, he lost his 20-year marriage, his house, and almost lost the MyPillow business. Oh, man. All right, so I'm not seeing anything about the con part, but I'm sure it has something to do with the crack cocaine. Like the Billy guy. Oh, Bill- Billy, Billy Mays here! Billy, Billy Mays loves blow? Oh, God, he did. He did. Mm-hmm. That's why he was uh, out and about there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Good that he's he's worked through his demons there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, he's got his shit together now. 
Mm-hmm. He's All got pillows for everyone now. He's got my pillow. He's got your pillow. Yeah. He's got their pillow. And he's got a he got apparently, pillow. as I'm learning tonight, he's got a mattress. He's got my mattress. <laughs> it's your mattress. Son of a bitch. Have my money under my mattress? See, this is why I have a stiff neck. This bastard stole my mattress. The <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> he, only, he left you a pillow in the place. He, he took my mattress and sold it for crack. So, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, we're kind of a pop culture, entertainment, comedy. Well, I guess we covered the comedy part just now, but uh, oh, also geek. I am geeking out because I have read that apparently the Disney Fox thing is happening on Thursday. We're going to get the official yeah, announcement. That's... Shit just got real. I know, world. I know by the time this comes out next week, uh, a.k.a. when you're listening to this, uh, it will already have passed, but my oh my, am I excited? John, yeah. why why exactly does this excite you? Well, there's, <clears throat> I mean, there's pros and cons to it, but I mean, mainly, there is now going to be a, a, an entire Marvel shared universe instead of just yes. Oh, uh, Sony let us borrow Spider Man, and Fox won't let us play with the X Men or Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. I am excited for I, I I hate to say it, but I want Fantastic. I want a good Fantastic Four movie it and a should good work. Doom. There's there's no reason why it doesn't in, work in, except hey, people just don't give it the credit it's due. Well, what do you mean? They they just like all the the productions that have come out for it, like the two different iterations. Now it's like three three iterations now, like. Well, no, three movies, but two iterations, right? Well, if you no, if you count the Roger Corman. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. Boom. We God. didn't count the Roger Corman. Damn it! <laughs> but it's it's like they they did the same thing that like the first Ghost Rider did, and like just you bastardized too much. Oh, but it's so. Like, do you want them to do the thing to they it. did with the second Ghost Rider and just went stupid? And no, fun with it? no, they need to do what Marvel does. Well, <laughs> well yeah, the Marvel let's, movies let's... have been like. Let me put it this way: um, Sony made what five, meh, uh, spider. Well, four meh Spider-Man and one really crappy one in Spider-Man yeah. three. And then Sony, after getting hacked, was like, well, even before getting hacked, because some of those emails said they were in talks with Marvel at that point. But yeah, they were like, you know what? We give up. Marvel will share Spider-Man with you. Kevin Feige, do something with Spider-Man, and lo and behold. It was Spider-Man awesome. Spider-Man Homecoming was fantabulous. So weird. So then, you know, it's great because uh, just on that point, Spider-Man, like Jen, my fiance, we she didn't want to watch the Spider-Man Homecoming just because she'd gotten so tired of the the crappy mm. Spider-Man. She was like, I'm, I'm done with it. So she finally saw it on the plane. She's like, that was the best movie I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. It was just that good. It's a weird thing though. Like the the Spider-Man movies, the Sam Raimi ones, the first two, like were only bad in retrospect and I think in comparison to everything that's been done since. I liked those two. I actually I really liked the one with uh Alfred Molina. That that's mm-hmm. probably that's, second one, yeah. that's like an, Doc an underrated Doc uh Spider Man. That's probably the most I think underrated. that's the I think the that's the best of that trilogy. That's the yeah. second one, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's still like I don't know. I, I think it's because I have a core thing not like against Sam Raimi, but I'm just not a fan. Like it's not in my DNA to like his stuff that much. Like, I don't know. Because like drag me to hell. Everybody's crazy about that one too. And 
we despise it. Like I, I saw it with Rift Tracks. Movie. Oh, there you go. That would that was, be better. Yeah, it was. I, I didn't see it by itself. I like Darkman. Mm. Darkman, true. Darkman, though, holy shit, that's a movie that you go back and watch and you see everything in it. Like, that movie set a lot of standards for stuff. Mm. Mm. It's sad they, like they it's, did the, the two sequel ripoffs, uh, Universal. Yes. Them, but the first there were, there were sequels? Yeah, with uh, the guy who played the mummy in the Brendan... Tom Cruise? Brendan Fra- no, the Brendan Fraser uh, mummy. I know who you mean. Yeah, Arnold Vosloo, I think his name is. He's, he's an awesome actor. Yeah. Yeah. Up so he, stuff. He, he, well. he replaced uh, Liam Neeson in the sequels. Oh. How I don't know. I never saw the sequels. Yeah, they're, no, they're nobody did. They they were like straight to DVD quality. Yeah. Spe- speaking Liam, of the, the comic book. one is the best. Oh, yeah. yeah. Take the fucking elephant. Spe- <laughs> spe- oh, God. That's where he broke the guy. Yes. I haven't seen that in forever, so. Um. Yeah, speaking of all the comic book stuff, I've been uh, going through on my Comixology and Marvel Universe app and just reading everything Thanos-related, getting spun up before. Mm. So I've been doing like Infinity Quest, Infinity Wars, the the Silver Surfer uh, uh, issues where Thanos is out there collecting the stones, you know, what the stones do. So I've spent like the last week in Thanos. Wait, that sounds wrong. Has there been anything about the appearance what of the, like, of the uh, sixth one? Well, just know like his appearance, like since that trailer, the teaser like came out. No. Has that gone anywhere? No. No, no, not really. He looks like, like Rick from thing. Pawn Stars. <laughs> he looks like Homer Simpson. Yeah, like with the power I mean, glove. I, I I thought that was going to be a big Reddit thing again. Did like, I? Did I? I thought Marvel would have to like fix it or something. I don't know if I've if I've said my. Uh, the joke that made my fiance die laughing when the RIP when the, yeah, when, <laughs> when they first showed the picture of Thanos in the, uh, like, I think it was a comic con or one of those conventions out South or out uh, West. Mm-hmm. And they showed the statue of all, all of the Thanos bad guys and everything. And they show him in the slacks and I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's business. Sunday I'm best. like, that's business casual Thanos. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want a Hawaiian shirt Friday, Thanos. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like the how they would do the swimsuit episode issues of the comics. <laughs> yeah. Um now you got me thinking of Andre the Giant from the Hulk Hogan Rock and Wrestling Kurtz. <laughs> oh god. With a Hawaiian god. shirt. Mm-hmm. I actually do get that reference. <laughs> Damn it. I told you wow. it's pop culture, nostalgia, and and geek and comedy. But yeah, so I'm I'm the I'm, geek I'm kind of... over here. Oh, so biggest geek news. Mm-hmm. When are you guys seeing it? Saturday. Saturday. Oh, oh. Damn it! I'm seeing it Monday. Guys, watches. Yeah, you guys are like jinx over there, man. Mm. Yep. So are you looking forward to it? Oh, yes. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and the reviews are, like, the non-spoiler reviews have been coming out today. And it looks like it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been reading. So I've, I've avoided seeing, I, I saw the first trailer. Um, and I think there was one for Justice League. So that I saw, like, one or two of the trailers. And I've avoided all the commercials I could, avoided all the other trailers, avoided reading any reviews other than it was good. 
Yeah. So see, I'm the trying to, I've I've heard the non-spoiler reviews, and I've seen like most of the trailers and the commercials, and you know, uh, the commercials uh, are a, a bitch. Like they keep popping up, and I just yeah. saw like a new shot that I didn't need to see. Is it the one that like don't? You know? <laughs> Damn it, John! So Matt, cover your ears. Ah, uh, it's the part where she holds the thing. Was she uh, the thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did not the, see the, that. The Ark of the Covenant? Yes. I when thought she it was looks the idol. into the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. The, the uh, Holy Grail. The Crystal Skull? The Crystal Skull the vodka. <laughs> she gazes into the Crystal She's Skull and it ruins it. Yes. Okay, leave it at that. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. A little bit excited. Mm-hmm. Trying not to be too excited. Um, We had the mid season finale. The other night, of, of oh the champ corpse the arrowverse the arrowverse. No, <laughs> sorry. Oh, different mid season finale. The the Walking Dead that nobody's oh. watching anymore. I, I stopped watching. I heard, I heard oh. it got bad uh, ratings. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, I no. think it's about time they they followed my lead. Well, it's yeah. about time that they fucking wrapped it up because it's it's been dry bones for a while. Like it just, really has. But the spoiler, like this is coral. Get, yeah, coral. Like coral. somehow got bit. And yeah, off screen. I don't care. Oh wait, so like, he's gonna die. Nothing, like, yep. Yeah. Me he's, a he's on... gonna die. Oh well, no. So I do find that interesting. That's a huge, you know, step away from the comics because the yeah. comics were always about Rick and Carl. Mm-hmm. And Carl so gonna take his place now, like as the leader. Yeah. Because that, that was that's... always the thing. I, I, I'm about 10 issues behind on uh, the comics. I'm not quite caught up. I plan on doing that once I finish all the Thanos reading. But I stopped, I stopped watching uh, after the whole Glenn thing. I just thought, I was like, all right, you're going to make me wait six months. We, God damn it. Did it. And I stopped yeah. watching. Did I tell you guys yeah. my theory? I don't think I did. I, Rick and Negan are going to hook up? No. Of when and why I stopped watching Walking Dead. No, John, you haven't. Don't recall. Refresh. It has to do with F five. It has to do with everyone hates Chris. What? What? Remember he was on the show. Wait, who is? Remember when what? when Beth Jeffrey Dean Morgan was? No. The kid who was the on the show played Chris Rock, and everyone hates Chris. Oh. Okay. Oh, he was in the hospital with Beth when Beth got captured. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Noah. they spent yes, Noah, thank you. And mm. they spent like five or six episodes figuring out that she was kidnapped and she's in this hospital and they're treating her like shit. And then mm. oh, we we got her out. Oh wait, she's dead. Come on, everyone yeah. hates Chris. You can come with us. Oh mm, right. wait, he got bit. The end. Yeah. <sighs> so that's when you Begged out. It's like you just you you rinsed your hands of an entire arc. Yeah. That you spent like a full season farting around with, jerking everybody off, and then yeah, yep. like we're just gonna forget about those two. Well, my bit, my problem started coming like the last two seasons. I actually did watch. They would be like, "All right, now we're gonna have a, a, an extra long ninety minute episode all about this character you don't care about, Coral. like Tara." Well, like the when Tyrese died. Yeah, an entire freaking episode dedicated to that one guy that really was like a third stringer for the longest Uh time. Like, 
Like, why? Why him? Why does he get the expose? You know, it's it's like... And then, yeah, and then Carl gets bit, and oh boy, that's it. Oh, you know, like for a while there shot. was good seasons, and then it'd be like six episodes. You'd have three really good ones and three filler. Now it's like the, the premiere and the finale are the, yeah. the action ones, that. and everything else is filler. 90-minute yep. episodes, that just means more commercials. Right. That means Lots. that means less time for Chris Hardwick unless they go overtime, in which is less time for oh, Kevin Smith. I still case. hate him. Oh, uh, God. I don't hate him. still hate Chris Hardwick. I, hate I hate all of his talking garbage. Does he still do the talking dead shit? Yeah. I guess. I hate, hate I know, it. I know he it. dropped out at midnight I, for some unspecified reason. Yeah. I think because it ran its course. Like, that... I think because... That was a was, lot of funny, but... I th- like, I think... I think it was sorry. because he... Yeah, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, I think because he was doing the wall at the same time. It's like, how much yeah. how much hard work do we need on TV? And I, I, that's yeah, what I've been crying that. about for years. I mean, we we have so much Chris Hardwick. He's been, like, designated, like, King Nerd. And there's all these... Who there's, made him king? There's all these other... Jenny McCarthy. Ugh. God damn it. And Carmen Electra. God damn it. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's all these other yeah, guys and gals who can host stuff that are on mm-hmm. like, the interwebs. Well, he's opening that door, though. I mean, hell, like, I, once he I, does... would take, I would take Ken Plume over Hardwick. <laughs> have, right. him, have him host a show. It'll come. It'll be awkward, I mean, it's, but he'll host it. We're, we're at peak Hardwick right now, so once it starts to taper off, and now that he's married and starts a family, like you'll start to see him kind of backing away and not being in so much stuff and that vacuum will bring up well, other people. So like I think it was like the second or third season when they started doing the Talking Dead stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. you would watch The Walking Dead and it'd be like this horrible part, someone died, everyone's emotional, and then it drifts off to commercial. And then, boom! Chris Hardwick here! Hi! Everybody. Like, God damn it, that Chris just took Hardwick me right out of like it. Billy Mays? <laughs> Chris Hardwick here for OxyClean! Oh, but it just—I I just hated him ever since. Oh. Now I've seen him live. He—I saw him at New York Comic Con. He was great. He handles a crowd quite well. He was a moderator for, you know, Kirkman's panel, Walking Dead panel. Mm-hmm. He was cool in person, but just his TV shows do nothing for me. Oh boy. Well, right. they make me angry. <laughs> they make me. Angry. I'll find you, Hardwick. Angry. Oh. I will find you, and I will replace you with Chris Gore. Actually, yes, I like Gore better. I, I will hate replace Gore's you opinions. with John Schnepp. John Schnatter? Schnepp. Schnepp, Schnepp. this death and return of Snooperman. Schnooperman. Schnooperman. Don't know this. Schnepperman. You don't know John Schnepp? I don't think so. Oh, we need to have him on one so, night. We, have, we need to have him on one night. All right. <laughs> He's a... Big, was he? What is his like standard career form? Uh, well, he started. He was directing. Uh, I think he directed some M- MTV stuff. He directed some stuff for Upright Citizen Brigade when that was on TV. He did like the Ooh. the pilot episode of Aqua Teen. He did some Space Ghost. Oh, he looks familiar. He did. Uh, he was the director of Metalocalypse. He helped direct the fourth season of Venture Brothers. That's- Yep. And then he moved on to like his own independent stuff. He directed a movie which is an epic documentary. I, I recommend it. Death of Superman Lives What Happened, uh, basically. Was that the one about Tim Burton? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And Nick Cage? Yes. Yep. 
He's your man, man. Yeah. And he, he does a lot of great endeavors. I, I do recognize this guy. I looked him up. Yes. I looked him up. Yes. I looked him up. Speaking of uh, people we should have on the show that have some amazing endeavors, we're going to chat in two minutes with Carson Mel. He is the creator of the brand new animated series Tarantula, which is on TBS and the TBS app, right after this commercial break. Hi, I'm Angry Man. And I'm Gidget Von LaRue, and we have an 80s movie podcast called the Retro Cinema Podcast. We talk and give trivia, well, just a little bit of trivia, on 80s movies that we both watched back in the 80s. We cover all genres, including comedy, horror, drama, fantasy, musical, animation, action, and even film noir. Yeah, we cover them all. So you can find us at theretrocinema.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Klopak, is that Slavic? No! <laughs> give, <laughs> give us, us a, a listen. listen. Our guest this week has been a writer on Silicon Valley and Eastbound and Down, just to name a few. Tonight he stops in to chat about his brand new animated comedy, Tarantula, on TBS. Please welcome Carson Mel to the show. Carson, how's it going? Pretty good. How you doing? Good, good. It's a good evening. So uh, tell yeah. us a bit about Tarantula. We've seen a bit of it, and it's been pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. Uh Well, Tarantula started as a web series that I made back in 2012. I made eight episodes and then a couple more in later years. And um, it was just started as a labor of love about this somewhat miscreant uh, tattoo artist named Echo Johnson, who lives in this old rundown hotel called the Tierra Chula with his friends, and they call it the Tarantula. Mm -hmm. And Danny McBride and his cohorts at Rough House saw that web series and it was, I think, the main reason I kind of got hired on Eastbound and Down, and they became the producers on the show while I was there writing the fourth season with them, mm-hmm. and then it took us many, many years to get it on the air, <laughs> yeah. but it just debuted, I think, two weeks, or no, just one week ago, so. Yeah, it sounds right, because I remember they were running ads, and, and I caught the first two on the TBS app, which... If you were listeners at home, you could also uh, check it out on the TBS app. Well, and the first two episodes are also on YouTube, which is really cool. They don't usually do that. And I'm glad because such an easy point of entry for new viewers, you know. Absolutely. Get them hooked with a couple free ones and then they'll come <laughs> back and pay. <laughs> it's the gateway <laughs> app. <laughs> Previously, I just gave them all away for free. So it's a new business model. Right. <laughs> Getting paid for your work. Yeah. <laughs> step step one. Idea. Yeah. Step one, make your content. Step two, give it away for free. Step three, profit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. It's that step 3.5. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like the animation style. It's very distinct. Uh, is that, is, do you do all the uh, drawings yourself? Is, is that something? You know, do you have a well? I, I guess you have a studio that does it, but is that something that you designed and all? Um, well, you know, I designed the majority of the main characters uh, because I was using them in the shorts, but then they all got redesigned by designers at Rough Draft Studios, who I use, and then 
I brought on my cousin Grant Filardo to design heads because we have a really similar similar visual sense of humor, and so I knew he could design really funny looking characters. And he was one of the writers for the show as well, and he would doodle in the writers' room, and it just kind of organically led to him doing some of that design. But then Rough Draft has their own designers here, uh, who are really great. And um, yeah, so while I came in with a certain aesthetic that I liked, and it was greatly expanded upon by everyone at Rough Draft Studios. So, okay, well, it really works well. And all, of, thank you. Well, I mean, they're an awesome studio. You know, like when I I, I first sold an animated idea in 2010 to HBO, and at, it was based on an old. Uh, a, self-published novel I wrote and it never became anything. But the first thing I did when I sold the show was figure out who did Futurama and how I could meet them and work with them. Because I've always just thought Futurama is the best looking show uh, on the air. And I was like, I, I want to aim for them. And yeah, luckily I got my, my dream studio, you know, very awesome. That's 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 impressive. Yeah, I I, I fully agree with uh, you know my, my my takes for favorite animation are Futurama and Archer. <laughs> yeah, it, I love this. And are vastly different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny because because the thing about Rough Draft is that they use hand drawn still, and I knew with some of the more subtle and emotional places I wanted to go with the show that it couldn't really be flash because I needed humans to kind of touch every frame of it. Mm. Be it the, the directors here who are awesome or the, the people who actually do the frame by frame animation in Korea. Okay. Yeah. It gives it that little bit more of a human personality to the, the scenes. Yeah. There's just a funk, uh, like a indefinable funk when humans have touched everything, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other shows that that uh, do that nowadays. I think the last one I can remember is Venture Brothers. Uh, I don't know if they still mm -hmm. do uh, outsource to Korea, but I think that was part of the reason why there's such gaps in the uh, seasons. Three years a season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it it definitely is more time consuming and it's it's more challenging. But a lot of kids' cartoons do it. Adult animation has drifted away from it, in, in my opinion, unfortunately. But, I mean, um, you know, anything on Cartoon Network is all hand-drawn still. Mm. Yeah. I think everything. Oh, wow. So I, I meant to ask about, about the Southwest. It seems to play a huge <laughs> part. Um, yeah. I, I take it you're from – I read you're from Phoenix, right? Yeah, I'm from Phoenix, and uh, I've only lived in Phoenix and Los Angeles, so I'm very southwestern. It has a very, you know, Breaking Bad-esque feel to the scenery there. Is is the yeah is the hotel an actual place that you got this from, like this idea from, this building? Um, it's, a, it's an amalgam of several rundown hotels that I just think <laughs> look awesome. And I mean, literally, for the shorts, I, because I was using photographic backgrounds, I went around and I photographed all my favorite transient hotels and then photoshopped them together, like my favorite bits. Well, the, I brought in this amazing comic artist named Sammy Harkham, 
in the really early, early stages. He didn't work on the the season, but he, we made a short together where he did a lot of the backgrounds and including like the inside of the brass dragon and stuff. But he used those photo photo collages that I originally made as sort of a jumping off point and then did his thing. So. Yeah, I watched a short today that that was something uh, like he was he was uh, hangovers and Nazi symbols or something like that. Hangover yeah, yeah, and that was that was where I saw like the backgrounds and basically the hotel and the fish tank and everything from that. I was like, oh, did, did he get this from that? Man. Yeah, that was one of the hotels. And uh, it's sad because I think when I made that cartoon in 2012, like the idea of like a neo-Nazi in the U.S. was like the <laughs> most absurd thing ever. Say, it's very timely. Nazis. How did you know this right. was coming? predictive yeah well ironically i mean i think it's i mean the joke in that that one is that it's just kind of this crappy ed hardy t-shirt that i think you know some some somebody in a sweatshop in asia just slapped the swastika on not knowing what it was and then right booty the the character's so clueless he doesn't know what it is <laughs> and i and and ironically i think what i was deriving humor from from is like the lack of education and and I think that's why these stupid youngsters are embracing Nazism is because they have no education. They don't even understand how completely right. evil it is. You know, that, that so, would make sense. Again, least, it fits very prescient. <laughs> yeah, at least if you, we're, I think that's giving them the benefit of the doubt. They all might just be a bunch of rotten assholes, also. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we same, try not. Same kind of yeah. question for the the characters and stories. I mean, is that drawing from real life experience as well or these amalgamations of people and stories that you came across out there uh yeah i mean not like nothing across the board is like a story from from anyone's life that i know but there's phrases uh that people have said and i think every character to an extent is some expression of yourself at least for like the main characters you know some version of yourself so there's a lot of echo in you. I wish I. Oh, say, I wish I wish I mean I wish I was that way back. You see, oh, can God. you tattoo? Do I do I tattoo? Yeah. Uh, no, but I write comedy for you know as a as a journeyman. I feel like it's a similar pursuit. It's like you do your you do your craft. It walks away, and you know you have no control over uh, the finished product. So I think in that regard, like I can relate to being a tattoo artist, you know. No, so that's a good way to put it. It's a, they're both art. Well, yeah, we're both, the, the craft. And we, but we aspire to do art. I think. Yeah. And uh, but when you're when you're not in charge of what you're making, I think it's hard to to call yourself an artist. You know. Just living in a a tight corridor in that kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, so fine line. I mean, to ask. So, what are uh, field notes from Dimension X? Oh, I'm glad you asked. That's uh, that's my. Well, so that started as a sh- field notes from Dimension X started as a short cartoon I made in 2008, and then maybe two years later I started to develop it into a novel and abandoned it. And then last year I picked it up again and I started publishing it episodically. So I've published three issues of Field Notes from Dimension X. Um, I was literally just writing the fourth when uh, before we hopped on the phone here. 
and that will be the fourth and final installment. So it's a it's a serialized science fiction series I'm doing. Oh wow! Are these going to get animated at any point? You know, Claudia Katz, who's the head of Rough Draft here, she she thinks it would make a great cartoon. So it would just be getting you know someone with the finances or a network on board with the idea. And uh, she hasn't read part four though. It goes, it goes pretty off the rails, so she might change her mind. <laughs> don't don't we'll uh, don't release it until after uh, you've gotten it into a network, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I kind of planned it. Like the first one is pretty straightforward sci-fi. It's like about a astronaut. It's like dual narrative. So you you follow this astronaut from a young man entering the NASA space program, trying to best all of the competitors because they're like basically sending one last rocket into space before unmanned spacecraft takes over. Hmm. And he's trying to achieve his goal. And then at the same time, it alternates with chapters in the set in the, you're not totally sure, but it's set in the future where he's being physically and psychologically tortured by this alien. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, it, it starts out like pretty, the tortures are straightforward. He's zapping them around to different worlds. And then in the second book, he starts to get a lot more abstract in his, in his torture methods. So <laughs> the book gets a lot more abstract in turn. All right. I'd I don't, like to check I don't know that if out. Any of that. It just makes any sense, but it's definitely it's, high concept. And I'm, I am a big yeah. sci-fi guy myself, so I'm going to be checking that out. Oh yeah, me too. Oh cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, the three of us. <laughs> if you guys send me your uh, mailing address, I'll just have my shipper send you copies for free. So. Oh no way. Mm-hmm. Oh well, thank you. Much oh, yeah. appreciated. Oh yeah. Comes early. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, the, I was going to say you kind of touched on this earlier. One of the things I was wondering: what was the the? You didn't really have to pitch this to uh, Danny McBride or any of the others there, though, for uh, Tarantula, did you? They already had seen it and knew what you. Your, your goals were on that, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked through how we would pitch it to uh, the network, and then I, I, because they'd seen the shorts, the idea, or at least the main character was so flushed out that they trusted in whatever direction I wanted to take it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's why I always recommend, like, anyone who wants to do anything in Hollywood, like, going to a network without a podcast or without a pre-existing material, a novella, even self-published or a web series. Like it's way easier to sell an idea if you can show people how you would execute it. Mm. And it also protects you. So it's like you have pre-existing material, which means like, for instance, with my show, if they, if, if I don't get to do another season, which would be a total bummer, but the, the rights, I would own the Echo character in another couple of years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, that's nice to have that I kind of control. Like, yeah, that's, I know, that's I know a, a lot. Very, yeah, yeah, that's a very important piece of advice because I've seen and heard a lot of that, like, especially in the, the voiceover world, like Billy West always complained about how he would go and audition for stuff and basically end up designing a character for them through the audition process uh-huh. who they would then cast as somebody else. So it's, it is when you're selling your ideas, especially like do have something already established or fleshed out, like you said, just to to have as proof of concept before things went on behind these closed doors. It's a good good angle. Mm. 
Yeah, and, it, and you know, I lucked into it because, like I was saying before, uh, I I wrote this novel, Sawara, that I also sell through my website, carsonnell.com, and that was the first thing that H, HBO optioned that and some other short films I made based on this character, Bobby Bird. And then my lawyer was telling me, like, yeah, so if they don't make the show, then you own Bobby Bird again in, you know, 18 months. And I was like, and the idea that, like, they couldn't kill my baby I was right. like, oh, man, as I move forward in my career, I'm going to try to do this any time that it makes any sense. I'll, I'll write even a short story and illustrate it and publish it, you know. Yeah. Really That's easy cool. ways to protect yourself nowadays. That's right. great. Interesting. I'd never, I'd never thought about it, but that just makes so much sense because there's always someone out there who's like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, just being able to bring it back from the brink like that too, like that, that's, that's great because I do, I've heard a lot of horror stories about pitches going out there and they sound obscenely awesome and they just, that's it, they're gone. They will never be produced. There's no coming back from that. So it's, it's definitely. Yeah, or they make a pilot and then they throw it in the trash, you know. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. Swim does that a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, I, you're right. And I think the the thing that I've learned is like that. That's what really depresses people, and that's what makes people not want to give give something their all is that that fear that it will just be thrown in the garbage anyway. And then you might sell an idea that's kind of half baked. Ironically, I think in doing that, to, even if your goal would be to protect your work you're forced to flush out the characters in the world in a way that gives you more confidence through the process anyway, you know? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Becomes I mean, more real in your head. The old, yeah. The only trick is finding those like three and a half months where you can work for free. <laughs> 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 I don't need to you know, eat. Easier said than <laughs> Yeah. Eating, food, rental. We, we don't need any of that. Just pay some of that yeah, stuff in advance if you can. <laughs> Yeah, that's you know, as Jason said, he's he's breaking into the uh, voice acting world, and I'm I'm somewhat on his heels trying to do the same. So it's it's all these things are, are really good to hear and really good things to take notes on for me personally. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool, good. I'm glad. Definitely. Yeah. Now, what about um, the music side as well? Another one of your many ventures. Oh, that's that's a. Uh purely hobby i think i'm not very good at it <laughs> oh no that stuff's fun that like instantly like transports you to this this whole vibe that like a lot of it comes back to like with like we've talked about the southwest and everything that it does it, it puts you in that desert mindset and <laughs> it's just oh, it's cool. fun like i really want to just grab some tequila and a couple beers and just yes hang out and shoot the shit and throw that on in the background like oh yeah oh thank you i'm glad you guys like it i uh I got, to, I, I had the, like, I met John Rado, who's in that band Foxygen through, he's just read my writing. And then I wrote all these open chord, really simple uh, kind of country songs. And mm-hmm. he agreed to record them with me one, uh, one, well, we did it over a weekend. We made that album in two days. <laughs> wow. Nice. He's fun. such a maniac. I just sat there on the couch and watched him run around the studio and pick up different instruments and add all this <laughs> instrumentation to them. And I, I let him do whatever he wanted. I think I gave him one note the whole time. <laughs> oh, my God. But it was a very fun process for me. Oh, yeah. Probably pretty exhausting for him. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, the, Sounds the, like he was totally into it, though, burning through like that for a week. And my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it that, was. It was. It was in the summer too. It was brutal. <laughs> Very hot. <laughs> Man, it's just. It seems. Yeah, you've got that. That that creative. You know, from the writing to the music to the to the the animation. That's that's impressive, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I've been lucky in that, like, I haven't uh, before this show and before writing for Eastbound. Like, I had so little success that I had. You know, I just worked uh, like graphic design jobs freelance and kept my my rent really low and and had a lot of time to explore a bunch of stuff so yeah uh failure can be a an asset <laughs> totally well how did Very like how old were you when you got your start like uh kind of you know moved out or you know kind of had an idea of where you wanted to go if that makes sense well, I sold something to hBO at thirty so i mean I, that, that I was pretty young and then I, I mean, but at 30, you don't feel young. But I, I moved to L.A. when I was 22, and I thought, like, I'd have a job right away. And oh, sure. my real, like, first writing job that, you know, allowed me to quit all other jobs was Eastbound. That's when I was 32. So it took yeah. 10 years to get a yeah, job. No and that's a good, that's a good amount of time to explore. But I, I had a screenwriting teacher in Phoenix who told me if you move to uh, – if you move to Hollywood without connections, it'll take you 10 years to get a job. And she was right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, positive right there. So I've got that to look forward to yeah. if I ever yeah, make right. a move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just factor it in. Yeah. Okay. Get, get, so. the, get the 10 year plan. You say I turn yeah. 40 next month. I was oh, say, crap. I'm already behind the eight be ball huge here. huge when you're 60. <laughs> so, so you'll be 90 when you hit it big. Exactly. Oh, but the good thing is it's an old man's uh, medium. Or, this you is know, true. You don't need to be a youngster to do film and TV. Yeah, the dynamic has definitely changed. Be, yeah. I mean, you have to be a Like, if you're going to, you know, trying to become a rock star in your 40s is probably, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Might not work. Can not you gonna... start off with classic rock? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it classic at that point, or if you just made it new? I don't know the answer to that question. What you do is you start at the the carnival circuit. That's that's where you start now. You start doing these free stages at the state fair. Led Zeppelin cover band? Yeah, exactly. Uh (laughs) I love those free concerts. Right? Yeah. Some of the best bands. Thunder Vonner for $6 when I was like 13. Oh, wow. You see, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of cool concert stories. I, I did get to see uh, Deftones in Budapest. That was kind of interesting. Whoa, that's weird. That it is cool. Great I show. Think, I think the only one that that I could think of uh, ever going to. Oh well, no. Uh, I went. I actually went to New Order. I think I mentioned this a week or two ago with uh, the guys who created the Venture Brothers. Oddly <laughs> enough, really. Uh, yeah, we had like a super VIP experience, but the one that, that sticks out in my head is the time my sister dragged me to Fun Young Cannibals. Huh. <laughs> Where was that at? Pretty fun. Uh, I think it was, it was, uh, South Jersey. They have the Garden State Arts Center. Uh, I think it's owned by PNC Bank now, but like, I just remember passing out before their like hit song. Ah. <laughs> Good times. You say, I got to see, I, uh, uh, I think my, I saw... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, I think I saw maybe the worst Stevie Wonder concert of all time. Oh wow! Uh oh. 
and that he played. I know, neither did I. I I didn't even know I was going to get to see Stevie Wonder for free, and it was the worst thing ever. It was um, it's Salesforce, which I don't know if you guys know about that. It's we based the thing on it last year, or I wasn't there writing, but they used my research to base Hoolicon on it in uh, Silicon Valley. Yes. Before. And it, it's just this, I think the company is called Workforce or something. I don't even remember, but they take over San Francisco and just put on this awful, huge thing that's all about their new products and integrated products and just boring stuff like that. And for their keynote where they're, I think it's Mark Benioff is the guy who gives this big keynote at the end that's just totally boring. <laughs> and it opened with Stevie Wonder playing to like, a crowd of 20,000 business men and women. And if anything could absorb Stevie Wonder's soul, it was that crowd. Like, it, <laughs> like, it couldn't, like the music couldn't get, it couldn't penetrate the bullshit of the venue or, or what it was. And oh. I, it was just such a bummer. I was like, I can't believe I'm seeing him in this context. And he only played like two songs and then he started to play superstitious and I got so excited, and then that quickly segued into an introduction of Mark Benioff. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the. So I'm, I'm looking at the articles now. Salesforce, Dreamforce. Yeah, sounds, yeah, yeah. Like he, looks like he does it. Uh, looks like he did it a few times. Say in 2015, 2017, 2010. Yeah. They do it every year, I think. Wow. Was that what I think it was the first season of uh, Silicon Valley? They had the. Uh, well, f- Flo Rida and uh, Kid Rock for the yeah for the backyard party with about twenty IT guys. Yep, yeah, that was uh, that was it. Just based and those parties are really like that. They, I, my friends still send me like photos from Facebook parties and stuff. They're like, oh my god, it's just like Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, no, that's that's one thing I will say. The, the writing for Silicon Valley is brilliant. I worked for Microsoft for four and a half years, so we'd be out in Redmond every six or eight months for a tech ready, which was their 10,000 Microsoft employees come into to, you know, Seattle and go crazy, I guess. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the, the writing on Silicon Valley gets so much of that, that culture spot on. Yeah, it, it, we... we... The first year I worked on that show, we just kind of made up a bunch of joke stuff, and then the tech was very secondary. But starting with second season, I've been on it. I've been on the show for the five seasons, and every single year now we do like a a research trip, either to San Francisco or this year we went to Seattle. So it <laughs> it became pretty uh, like apparent that we could just look at what would actually happen to a company like Pied Piper and then make that the, the plot of the, of the season. Well, you guys get it right. I, I, you know, having worked in that industry for, for numerous years, you get it right. Cool. I'm glad to hear that. Very awesome. Thanks so much for being on Carson. Uh, Tarantula is on TBS now. Any parting thoughts uh, you'd like to share with us? Um, no, just to tell people if they check it out, it's a bit of an underdog of a show, so try to spread the word around and tell your friends to watch it and any animation fans, because we want to make more. <laughs> Absolutely, and I feel like these are the, the best kinds of shows, because this is kind of what brought me to Adult Swim when I used to do my podcast. 
about that and you know all the zany shows that they uh, started off with particularly aqua teen i i think of from uh, memory you know mm-hmm. uh, that was mm-hmm. a show that just uh sprouted up from nowhere it was a concept of another show and uh became a phenomenon and hopefully tarantula can do the same yeah phenomenon would be a great uh it's <laughs> <laughs> a good starting point cult classic at worst and phenomena at best Oh, yeah. I'll take either. Right. Show of a generation. All right, Carson. We'll let you get going. Uh, Thanks again for hanging with us and chatting. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for yours. We'll be back after this commercial break from uh, another podcast on ACPN. If you could go back in time, you'd be wasting your time. Hey, what do we have in common with Doctor Who? Uh, we're hopeless nerds. Well, that, but we also go back in time. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. We go back in time. We were on Cinema Podcast. I'm Matt Morris. I'm Gabe Whitehurst. And what we do is we go back and we select a random year in cinema history, select a random movie for every month of that year, and review it. Yeah, and we have a really good time doing it. So you know what? You should listen Listen. Listen to our show. If you like to revisit classic things that you grew up on or, 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 the, or the, the, that just happened last year, we don't know. We're, we're hopping around. We're crazy. We're reviewing things that are all over the place. He's literally crazy. I'm literally going crazy right now, but you should listen to Rewind Cinema. And we're back. Yes, back from a commercial break. That is the end of our show for this week. Matt, do you have anything to plug? Um, I do not. I I am dying with what I just found out strep throat. So this may be my last podcast. If so, um, give all my stuff to my cat and my fiance, and we're good. Michael Hat. We're giving it. What? We're giving it to Michael no. Hat. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. All right, my <laughs> cat. Oh, Jason, you have anything to plug? Hello. I've got that that other podcast I do, the Well Adjusted Gamer, at wagpodcast.com, and I actually have my live recording from the first annual Portland Podcast Festival Ooh, going up this week. Everyone boy. needs to go listen to that now. Hell yeah, that was amazing, and the audio came out pretty good. It's a little hot in parts, but yeah, I like it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, baby. Yeah. I mean, hot it's all parts. hot. The parts that were hot were hot. Hot and moist. Mm. Was it humid? Nope. The night was oh. humid. It was, the night was sultry. It was hot. It was hot, <laughs> humid, and moist. Getting the hell out I of here. It's too butt. damn sultry. <laughs> oh. On that note. <laughs> I'm going to kill the bitch. Oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Can you bring me whoa, a chunky? Whoa. Oh, come on. Throw mama from the train. Oh. I, I don't remember enough of it. I just remember you don't have a cousin, Patty. You lied to me. Ding. Thought you went to a really dark spot real quick there. <laughs> right? <laughs> we lost the John. What? Let me no. tell you about the no. time I killed some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then I bought So now give out your links. I have links? And, and But not, not Carson, because we don't need to attach no, him to no, that. No, we absolutely posit... <laughs> well, not to that. Um, our thanks once again to Carson Mel for stopping in. You can go to his website at carsonmel.com. We will have all kinds of fun links, of course, in the show notes. You can visit all of our podcasts at theacpn.com asterisk new site to be established in the eventual future um you can go to all of our sound oh soundcloud i got soundcloud on the brain they're at a point 
You can go to all of our social nets from there. Fess's book, a Twitter, and uh, what else do we have? YouTube. And uh, we, do don't, we... we don't have SoundCloud anymore. I mean, you can go to SoundCloud. There is a SoundCloud page, but we haven't decided what to do with the free one because I think mm -hmm. in a few weeks they're going to be like, oh, you don't pay for us anymore. We're going to cut. Nobody does. We're going <laughs> to cut down. Speaking of pay for, patreon.com slash ACPN. Uh, I guess we're still rolling with it for now um, until something better comes along. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we do have Patreons, and we would love to have more Patreons. I mean, dollar a piece, $5 a piece, a month, rather, not just a piece. Uh, Matt, will, <laughs> Matt will thank you for 100 bucks. I will, personally. Personally? How? I, I still don't understand that, but okay. Um, I mean, maybe I'll just call you up on the phone and be like, hey, man. Thanks. Yeah. Do that. Or maybe I'll come and visit you. We have some awesome perks. Oh. And Hold the uh, speaker up to your special pots. Oh. <laughs> okay, Howard. <laughs> uh, uh, iTunes, uh, if you still use iTunes and not Apple Podcasts, because I've been hearing a lot of crap about Apple Podcasts app being lousy, and I agree. Uh, sure. Give us five stars. Give, give us four and a half. Give us four and a quarter. Well, you know, whatever. No stars! Yes. So. <laughs> so We are five-star men. Yes. And our special thanks to, of course, all of our Patreon members. Our logo guy, Andy Hunt. Check out all his stuff. We have him in the show notes. Uh, we have royalty-free music, so we have no one to credit on that. Although you can go to incomtemp.com. I forget the name of that. Whatever. We will be back with another edition of Adventure Club Podcast, although we're coming up on the holidays, so who knows when we will come up with another episode. So, until then, good night, everybody. Good night, folks. Oh.